A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome back to another episode of The Beautiful Game. I'm your host, Dej. I'm joined by my usual two co-conspirators, <laughs> Dot and Budge. How are we doing, guys? <laughs> and also, I'm joined by two special guests. <laughs> Fresh off a plane from Spain. I actually had to go and pick Ishmael up from the airport. And also, I've got my mate Sam. A Geordie at heart, and he also supports Arsenal. <laughs> Welcome, guys. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? Not, I mean, not to too be bad. fair, I'm not a fan. <laughs> good effort, good effort, good effort, good effort, Dej. All right, so let's kick things off properly. Good evening, listeners. Welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast. As Dej so rightly said, of course, it was a beautiful day, and therefore another beautiful opportunity to speak about the game that we love. Now, as he also alluded to, we have special guests on the pod. Um, it's the second time, I believe, that we've had two special guests on at once. So, at first, we have um, our Spanish correspondent, Ishmael. So, he's, um, you know, bear with him. He's, he might be a bit tipsy, you know. He's just fresh off the plane. He was, he was toasting with Valverde off the back of Barcelona's 4-1 win against Real Betis. So, you know what I mean? He's, he's had a bit of Prosecco. So, 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 uh, so, bear with him. And we also have Sam on the pod. So, in fact, you know, before we started uh, recording, he was just on the phone, you know, trying to sanction a deal with, uh, with, with Mike Ashley over the sale of Newcastle. But he, um, you know, the, the deal didn't go through. I think the, the, the bank blocked the, the, the transaction. There wasn't enough. There was insufficient funds in the account. <laughs> What's up, Budge? No introduction for us now. Oh, and of course, of course. I can't, I can't forget... My co-conspirators, as yep. always, we have Dot and Dej. How are you guys? I'm good, Budge, man. How are you, man? Good very, weekend. Very, it was, a, yeah, man. Do you know what? As, as I said in the last um, pod, it is a bit difficult for me, man. When it comes to international break, 
I just feel a bit lost. I don't really know what to do with my weekend and stuff, man. It's it, yeah. I, obviously, the international like games are being played and whatnot, but it doesn't not, carry the same. No, to to be fair, I'm not gonna lie. Mm. The the international games have been a bit better okay. over the past, mm. you know, one year or so. So mm. it's not that bad. Yeah. I don't think. Fair play, what man. about you, Fair Edge, man? How, how are you, bro? Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I'm happy to be here. I mean, like, you know, Sundays, I look forward to them now. You know, before everyone don't look forward to Sundays, you know, because well. of work on Mondays. <laughs> but it, I love man. I love linking up with you guys and speaking about football. It, and just another word, I just want to thank everyone on Twitter for the support they're giving the oh, platform. Yeah, We've had a lot of interaction this week and we appreciate it. And you know what? Long may it continue. That's it. I believe we're we're at a hundred followers now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, hundred so, yeah, odd. Yeah, pick up yourselves, man. Thank you so much for following. Mm. Let's, please, let's grow please. this this channel together that's it man let's continue so I'm going to use it as an opportunity to plug in the the Twitter again it's at podcast underscore TBG so please if you have any friends any colleagues that haven't yet followed um, please make sure you send um, the the, the name around to them as well and and the link to them so they can follow and they can also take part in in the Twitter polls and and, and engage with us Um, on that note actually um, we had a, a, a Twitter poll this week um, I want to start off with uh, the topic of England and the, the, the poll that we put out was looking at the most exciting young prospect at the moment for England. Uh, amongst them were players like Jaden Sancho, Declan Rice, mm. um, uh, to name a few, and there are a few others. I'm sad for um, Rice, man. He got like one vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was on like 1% forever. Yeah, he was out of his depth in that vote, it seems, <laughs> isn't it? So. That, well, that's the thing. And I think, if, you know, if you're going to be putting a poll against someone like Jaden Sancho at the moment. He is the poster boy currently, isn't it? He is the guy that's drawing all the plaudits. He's the guy that's getting all the attention. Um, is it justified? Is it right for him to be drawing all the attention that he is currently drawing, in your opinion? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a top, top prospect. I mean, mm. the biggest compliment I can give him is that he looks like he's 26, 27, the way he plays with, mm. with such composure. I mean, playing alongside Wait, Mark what's Noble. The what's the opposite of a prospect then? Because you know we do prospect of, of the week and mm. uh, experienced player playing like a young player yeah. and you're saying Jaden Sancho is playing like an experienced player. So what's the roles reversed? Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting <laughs> one. But yeah, he's a what? top, top. What are you talking about? Sancho or Declan Rice? Sancho. Sancho. Yes, um, Sancho. Uh, playing ahead of his years. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. He's a top, top prospect. I mean, what I respect about him is taking himself away from, you know, the safety of um, of um, of Man City's academy, mm. you know, going to um, Germany mm-hmm. and being a star there and showing his worth and you know catching attention, getting stats there, and I think like it's been a credit to himself and every man and his dog are being linked with him now. So <laughs> it looks likely that he's going to be rocking up in the Premier League soon enough within the next two years. So mm. I like what he's doing. He's a creative player, mm-hmm. and credit to Gareth Southgate. This is a manager that lets him do what he wants. Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen in the past where England manager puts the players on a leash and mm-hmm. makes them play within themselves? Mm-hmm. But this Sancho has got no fear. Yeah. You know, you see his true personality on the pitch. When he's playing at Dortmund, he brings that form to England. So mm-hmm. he's a top, top player. Okay, cool. And bringing it over to you now, Dot. Um, what Dej was saying is that it, it's likely that with, with all the clubs that I've been linked with him, that he could return to the Premier League. Um, do you think that that is uh, a good move for him? Do you think that his future should be in the Premier League or should he continue to apply his trade in the Bundesliga for, in, in, for the foreseeable future? 
Um, it's a tough one, really, because when you look at it, I think, okay, it's like Dortmund. Why do you need to leave Dortmund so young? Mm. Play there for another year. Mm-hmm. The Man United move can wait. Like it's mm-hmm. not that have another good year and your valuation could potentially double anyway. Yeah. Um, I think the Man United move is too soon for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to give him the opportunity to play every game because they've got other class talents coming through. And Man United, they're going to also invest heavily in mm-hmm. the summer. Mm-hmm. So he's in the Champions League. He's going to potentially win a German League title all mm-hmm. at the age of, what, 18? Mm. stay in Germany there's no rush you're going to get the big money so you shouldn't be forcing a move to Man mm. United there's just there's no need for it and I think the, the, the price that um, is being thrown around is like 100 million mm. which is absolutely astronomical think, yeah astronomical yeah. I think so that's a player that, uh, of that age as well I mm. think he's only is he 18, 19? yeah, yeah I was I was interacting with a, with a few um, followers on Twitter and I was saying that I think 70 mil is a massive gamble for Jaden Sancho. Mm-hmm. And you're saying 100 mil. Mm-hmm. The thing is about Sancho is that I look at him. I know he's a brilliant player, but there is that potential that he may become predictable. Mm-hmm. Mm. Especially in the Premier League where there's so much aggression and so much physicality where defenders are going to think yeah you're a target we're mm-hmm. gonna put two on you and you know what we don't care if we get a yellow card we're just gonna tackle you the minute you yeah. get the ball they call so it the gonna, reducer <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so he's gonna have to learn to you know deal with that whereas in mm. germany he's he's like a he's a brand new mixed bag like they don't know what they're really getting from him but the premier league clubs are going to be fully aware when he comes because he's got a reputation now yeah, that he's yeah. built over in germany i think that's one for his agent to look at as well like his agent needs to make sure he ma- maneuvers his clients um future in the right way mm. because obviously the premier league move is available for him now but you need to be patient and you'll get your move but play there for you know another two three years yeah mature out fill out then make mm. your move and you know what Maneuver his career properly. That's what I believe they because, should do. Because what I would say is, how many eighteen-year-olds have been in the Premier League playing week in week out and putting up numbers the way Jaden Sancho is putting up numbers right now mm. in Germany? You you can't think of because, one. Yeah. I mean, a special talent like Cristiano Ronaldo, he didn't do it mm. at eighteen. Mm. I think yeah, I think yeah. Perhaps Wayne Rooney is the only one that could potentially come to come to mind, and he was a, a player that. You know, was showing all this promise or whatever. I think he he, he peaked a little early, isn't it? And and we saw in like the the, the latter stage <laughs> yeah. of his career, yeah, it, it, it took its it took its toll on him. Fast track to MLS. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, cool, man. And and I wanted to bring in both uh, Sam and Ishmael on this one. So we're moving on a, a little bit now from Jaden Sancho. Um, the other guy, like like we were uh, talking about a bit earlier, included in the poll uh, with a few others, of course. Uh, was Declan Rice. Now, he obviously, of course, um, recently made the decision to represent um, uh, in England uh, on, on the nationals, on the international uh, stage. Um, and I guess I wanted to hear you, you guys' thoughts on that move. Was it uh, the correct move for him to make? Do you feel that he has a future in that England, in, in, in that England uh, lineup? Um, you know, do, do, yeah, do, you, do you applaud his decision or, or do you think it was a, 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 a bad choice for him? Um, for me, at the end of the day, I think only time will tell whether it's, um, it's a good or bad decision. Mm. But um, generally, you got to go with what you feel more comfortable with. 
So if he feels he's more aligned to being English, then fair play to him for holding it and choosing to go and play for England. Um, and it comes to be a tricky one because long term, is he going to fit into the team? Because naturally, he's a defender. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the defenders that England have now, Stones, Maguire, Gomez, I can't remember who else is there. Maybe Keane. Mm-hmm. So he's got a fight to fit in there. Mm-hmm. Then in the midfield, okay, it's a tricky one because mm-hmm. he's not he's not a complete midfielder. Mm-hmm. What do you and mean by, mm-hmm. by he's not a complete he's, midfielder? When I look at him, he's got passing ability, he's got the composure, he's got the dribbling. And so is Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer can't move. He's not mobile. No, Dyer, if, if Dyer can do that. He can do the basics. That's why he's gone to the World Cup and he's played in, in Champions League and, he, and he's played in the Premiership and he's played in, in European competition yeah but Dyer can do the basics so so can Declan Rice Declan Rice can do the basics basic as well and he's a so, better uh, athlete as uh, well and who yeah. um, Declan yeah he's yeah. a better athlete than um, better athlete. Eric Dyer he, he can get mm. around the pitch yeah, yeah. Eric Dyer is cumbersome when, when you see him on the ball you, you're waiting for him to get tackled because you know he's so lethargic on the ball mm. you know what I'm gonna go out on a limb here I'll start Declan Rice ahead of Eric Dyer and Jordan Henderson right now I agree yes mm. I, I'll as much as I, I don't like him I will start um, Henderson over both of them. Yeah. Only because Henderson is more athletic. He can cover more ground. Whereas, um, you know, if you play the right player, play, um, if you play the right people around him, mm. then you can complement him much better. So if you had a midfield of, mm, you know, I'm not too sure. Without getting too much into it. You had a midfield of someone that can collect the ball in Harry Winks. Mm. Then you've got someone who can drive with the ball in maybe like a Barkley or um, Ali. Mm. Then all you do with um, Henderson is to say, get the ball, and release it. Yeah. I think, personally, I think that's probably the worst trio that England can actually go with. I don't mm. think that trio complements each other. Yeah. Why not? You've got Harry Winks, he's a side-to-side passer. You've got Henderson that lacks vertical passing. And then you've got Barkley that is pretty poor tactically and he's pretty headless. Mm, he's so a I, free I just, spirit. Mm, yeah. I don't okay, think that works. Let, okay. let me break it down for you this way. So mm. you've got Harry Winks who's comfortable on the ball. He can come and, come and pick up the ball from the defenders and he can turn and play it forward. You've got Henderson, who's probably the best, I mean, the best of a bad bunch in breaking up play for England. Yeah, but then, you've, then you've got, then you've got a, a Barkley who can run with the ball, pass with the ball, and how can that be a, a bad combination? I w- three I players that can do three different jobs. I want to bring in Ishmael in this. What, what, what are your thoughts, Ishmael? Before we go back <coughs> to, to, to Doc, to, to, to feedback, I want, I want, I want to know your, know your thoughts. Uh, I think about, Declan Rice will start for England right now. Mm-hmm. I think... Probably if he gets a big move to a big club or something like that, it will help him. Mm. But I don't think Eric, da- Eric Dyer is the is the main man to start in that position for England mm. right now. Especially the way that they want to play at the way that they're playing right now. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What I would ask Sam is, what does Henderson or Eric Dyer offer that Declan Rice doesn't? To me, they're all basic berries. And Henderson's the best at passing sideways, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you can call it what you want, but what I'm gonna say is in the the best of he's the best of a bad bunch in the sense of like he's probably more athletic than Declan Rice and mm. Eric Dyer. He can cover more ground and he can do the basics of just passing forward and passing side to side. Then mm. if you have players around it that can do what they lack, then I will choose him over those two. 
I think Rice has that ability to drive with the ball. You know, yeah. he can do that. I'm not, I'm not and, disputing and, that. And that's what I'm trying to say. And that's what sets him apart from the other two. They don't have that composure on the ball and that ability to open up their legs and drive with the ball. And that's what Dyer and Henderson are lacking. So he has the attributes similar to Henderson and Dyer, but he's also got that composure with the ball that those guys don't have. And that's why he's the best mm. option. And also, he's a lot younger as well. With Dyer and Henderson, they're, yeah, mm. they're the finished yeah. article. We're not going to get much well, more from them. Younger. He's at 26, 27, but he's been having injuries. He's been in and out of the Tottenham side. Declan Rice has been I'll playing regularly. Dyer shouldn't even be in the England mm. team. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, he's not. For me, he's not pulled up any trees. This season, he's been injured in and out. Let's get this straight. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you guys. I'm yeah. saying they're all basic. But if I have to choose one, I'll choose Henderson as much as I don't really like him. Okay, mm. you know what? I want us to do an exercise. Um, and this is off the basis of the fact that, obviously, England in the World Cup went to the semi-final, right? And we saw one team playing in, 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 you know, um, playing in that tournament. So, of course, we had um, Kieran Dyer. We had... Um, I'm crazy. I'm talking about um, Kieran Trippier, sorry. Kieran Trippier, Eric Dyer, Harry Kane, obviously. Uh, Sterling was playing in that team. Um, too many names to mention, right? So you guys get the point, right? So there, there was one team that was playing in the World Cup. Cool. Now... It seems that there's a very different um, uh, lineup being put forward by Gareth Southgate, and I guess what I'm trying to understand is, you know, is is it the is it a good thing? Is is he is he facing like a selection headache, or is it too soon to be changing a team that has gone so far in a in a, in, a, in a competition? Um, should we should we really be sticking with what we, we what we have seen has worked and, and, and continue in that same uh, way? Or is he right to be um, changing and, and tinkering a team and, and, and sort of bleeding through a, long, a lot more of the, the younger uh, talent? Now, obviously, you know, when you look at uh, uh, um, what we were talking about in the previous episode, we were saying, you know, every few years, uh, it seems as though there is a particular country that you know, takes the, the Champions League by the, by the scruff of the neck yep. and they dominate. Mm. So Spain had their their, their, their their period of time where they were dominating. And it seems now with all of the English uh, teams that are in the latter stage of the competition that maybe things might be shifting towards England. And obviously the, the youth teams have had uh, um, success, uh, success as well. Yeah. Wasn't it the under-17s that won the World Cup yeah. as well? Yeah. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. So at this point in time, is... Gareth Southgate right for bringing through some of those young players or should he have uh, or should he continue to play with um, the, the team that went so far in the, in the World Cup and I guess the best way for us to do this is for us to do this exercise so what I want off the top of your head I'm going to give every one of you guys a minute and I want you guys to name your starting 11 your best starting 11 for England, if everyone's fit, so saying there's no injuries, everyone's, everyone's playing at the peak protection. of their powers, right? Who is your England starting eleven? Back to front, front to back, whatever. Who wants to go first? Can I go first? Okay, go on. Go on. Jordan, I, need, I need a timer. <laughs> Jordan Pickford. Okay, go on. Jordan Pickford, Wan-Bissaka, Gomez, Stones, 
Chilwell, Rice, Oxley, Chamberlain, Winks, Sterling, Kane, Rashford. Okay. And what formation would you would you play? I would play a four three three. Four three three. Fine. No. Okay. With Declan Rice as the pivot, mm-hmm. then Winks and Oxley Chamberlain either side of him. Mm. Okay, cool. Who want? You want? You sound like you want to go next. You know, yeah. this so, is a debate. Don't I can you see some. Go next? Okay, I can see some go. funny faces. Let's debate. A minute on the clock. A minute on the clock. Go on. I'm go on. Who's side eye right now? Because I'm not sure about Let's that. Let's debate it. Let's debate. Let's go. Your, your, minute, your minute starts now. I'll go with um, Pickford in goal, even though he's shit. Trent Arnold at right back. The two centre backs, Gomez and Stones. Left back, I'm gonna go for young Ben Chilwell. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle, I'm gonna play a three with um, Declan Rice pivoting, um, partnered with Oxley Chamberlain and Delhi Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a toss up between Ali and Lingard, but I picked Ali because I think he's a bit more athletic. He can get up and down the pitch, probably a bit better. And then I'm gonna surprise a few people. I'm gonna go with Jaden Sancho on the right. I'm going to go with Raheem Sterling on the left and I'm going to go with Harry Kane up up top. That midfield will be left open though, man. You've got no protection, just <laughs> what, Declan Rice. We're not so going to debate it just yet. Hold on, hold on, hold your arguments. No, 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 Let's have it out. Come on, let's have it out. Let's have it out live on air. Come on. In the World Cup, Southgate played Delhi Ali and Lingard as partners in midfield and it worked just fine. You can't now come and tell me that that midfield won't work. Who did they play? Panama, Tunisia. <laughs> come on. They were playing against fishermen, though, man. Come on. Come on. You saw against Fish, Belgium. They had their pants pulled down, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's move on to Ishmael. Let's hear yours. Your 60 second starts now. <clears throat> okay, I'll pick, pick for in goal. Mm-hmm. Walker, Stones, Gomez and Tilwell mm-hmm. at the back. Then Rice, Henderson and Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. And Rashford on the right, Kane and Sterling on the left. Okay. Mm. All right, Sam, let's hear yours. Um, for me, again, 4-3-3. Pickford and goal on the left, Danny Rose. Right, Carl Walker. Two centre-backs, Maguire and um, Stones. Mm-hmm. Midfield will be Winks in the pivot with Henderson and Barkley. Front three will be Harry Kane, Rashford and Sterling. It seems like, it there's seems been like, a discord, <laughs> didn't it? And Sam, it seems like there's been a palpable, palpable discord, didn't it? Sam, are you a fan of Big Sam? Big Sam, Big Sam. Why? <laughs> That's the kind of team that Big Sam would pick, no? <laughs> but why? Danny Rose. But why? Um, why, why, why would Sam Allardyce pick Henderson? But everyone's picking. No, most but, people are picking Henderson. No, no, no. But, but I'm only picking yeah, but, squad based on no, what, so what's basically, available. No, no, no. In the, next, but, but, in the next championships, that's the eleven you'll go with, basically. Or I think about right now. No, is it right I now? Think, I think in the in the in the next major tournament, no. Mm, yeah, yeah. In the next. Of course, like, yeah, who you will yeah, go for? That's the team that you play right now. Because, oh, I'm talking about right now. So if if, if so 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 you, would your team change based on the tournament? No, no, no. no yeah, this. So this is your team right now. So we're talking about the next major tournament in two years. Probably he's talking about who's available. The Euros. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When is when when is that? Two years. In two years. Yeah. Next year. Next year. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Those players can still play. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. But we can debate it as well. When yeah. So let's debate it. Take this. Everyone. Everyone seems to be going with Pickford. 
Yeah, it's by default. It's by default. You got Butland in the championship. You got old Tom Heat, and there's not really much choice. So us picking Pickford doesn't really say much about him. He just says much about the demise (laughs) of the English goalkeeper. (laughs) So, all right, and I think the back four was pretty much uniform across. Yeah, most of us went for went went for Chilwell. I know Sam went for um, Danny Rose. Um, Mm. I went for Wan Bissaka. Many went for Trent. Mm. So, yeah, I went for Walker. I think, okay, I think, I think, I think one Bissaka. Yeah, really for me, like, yeah, for in, me it was a toss-up. It's a toss-up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. One Bissaka or, or Trent, it's like, okay. And Walker as well. And Walker. Yeah, Walker, 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 Walker that, that's a toss-up. I'm yeah, not going to lie. I didn't. Fine. Yeah, I have no problem. It seems like the, 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 the Discord really comes when we come and step into the midfield. Yeah, that's tough. That's Yeah, it's a bit murky territory. So everyone picked Declan Rice apart from Sam? Or did Sam pick Declan Rice as well? Winks. Right. I pick Winks as well. I put okay. Declan Rice, Winks, mm-hmm. yeah, and Oxley Chamberlain because okay. I want a midfield that can control Declan Rice and Winks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Declan Rice has got the physicality to get up and down. Winks has got that side to side passing. Mm. Then you've got Ox driving through the middle. Okay. So that's. I think that's a midfield that actually complements itself very, very well. But so. you seem that you, like you disagree with that statement. Is that not? A t- is that not a midfield that can control? It depends how highly these lot rate Winks. It seems that they, they, they rate him highly, but for me, it's just another average Joe. Um, who, who was your midfield again, sorry? I went with Rice, um, Oxlade. Yeah, for me, you've got to be playing players in their right positions. You can't make concessions, you know, for England. That's what Gareth Southgate's been good at, playing players. Okay, you played this position in your club side. I'm going to transfer that into international level. That's where many a manager in the past have got it wrong and ended up falling a cropper on England duty. The only player playing out of position is Deli Ali. He can, he can comfortably play in a centre-mid role, No. But, yeah, but his strength he, is going forward and, support, and supporting yeah, yeah. and supporting um making yeah, forward he, runs. He, he, He's he, making off the ball off the ball runs. It's about taking it in turns. If Ox goes, Ali stays. If if Ali goes, Ox stays. It could work, hundred mm. percent. Mm. I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one, Doc. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, like, it's I'm, like not saying, having it. Doc, I'm not having it. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't agree with that person. It's like saying um you can play Kante in, in an attacking role. He's, yeah, he's been playing it this season. Yeah, but he's, yeah, but he's not as effective as he's what, he, what he normally does. So yeah, he's Ali in a role that he can do best and he can do damage. Him playing so, in a constrained or, or reserved role is so that of no benefit to him so, or England. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but everyone in this room hasn't got Ali in their team. This is a guy that people talk up to be one of the best young talents in the world and you guys are just going to put him on the bench so so easily, yeah? In my yeah, opinion, he just hasn't cut the mustard for England. Yeah. I've not been impressed when he's done that England free lion shirt. For me... I wouldn't put him in my starting eleven. But that's can I ask you a question? So, if with your midfield and let's say your team in, in general, how would you like them to play? Yeah. Your midfield. How would you like your mm. midfield to work? I want them to um, complement their attackers, and I mean, the thing is about England is that they're going to control games against the you know the Le- Panamans, Tunisians, <laughs> <laughs> and the Tunisians. Yeah. <laughs> England against the better opposition. They always get found wanting. So how I want them to approach those games is so you know what, let them have the ball and spring. And you've got players that are capable of springing all throughout the pitch, with Ali, Oxley, Chamberlain, and the front three that can cause destruction to any team in the world. Are they tactically you know, adept enough? What about though? your wing backs? They're not going to attack. They're just going to just chill. Yeah. You, you got you got a very attacking team there. 
Or are you going to say? I wouldn't are you say gonna attacking football? Yeah, but defensively, have, have they got the tactical now to stay in their positions yeah. and close the gaps? I think it's too attacking. I think Ali does have it. The, the thing is about Ali, people Everyone are underestimating how smart this player is. This guy is a top young player. Mm. I'm not his biggest fan because I don't like the role that he plays for Spurs. But if you drop him into that centre mid role, I, I think you'll see an Ali that will adapt. And you saw it in the World Cup. He was playing as as a centre midfielder. Didn't, he didn't have a good World Cup. Mm. <laughs> okay, but he he got to the semi final. No, and no, he was a but key he player. didn't have a good World Cup. You know what? Agree to disagree. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so on this topic of Ali, I think this is a perfect segue into our next um, debate. Now, Delhi Ali. Is Delhi Ali a number 10? Is the question <laughs> I'm going to ask you. Modern day one, yes. Okay. Not realistic. The number 10 would be Ericsson. Okay. So, so, it, so, so in them. your opinion, Ishmael, Delhi Ali is not a number 10? Nah. Duh, is Delhi Ali a number 10? No, he's not. Sam, is Dele Alli number 10? No, he's not. Okay, fine. So, the reason why I'm asking this is because I there, there, there was a period, right, where this num, this this famous number 10 was, was truly uh, coveted, right, by, by, by teams. And essentially, what I want to try and understand is, has the role of a traditional number 10 come and gone? Because if I think about... Um, this particular position, I feel like it started when um, managers started to deploy uh, a four-two-three-one. So when they moved away from having two traditional uh, centre forwards, and they they, they opted for uh, to, to, to to have a uh, uh, um, more control in the middle of the park and have a few more uh, bodies in that area. And so that's when they started having like you know the, the guy that just plays behind. Um, the, the the striker, and I feel like for us a, a certain period of time, this 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 person who had this role, you know, had had a lot of limelight. You know, you look at um, Mesut Özil in yesteryear. Um, you look at players like Coutinho, for example, Ericsson, as 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 Ishmael mentioned, um, playing in the in Zidane, the convention number t- Zidane, Kaka, or you, you know, they, they, the list the list goes on. So what I want to try and understand is, you know, is that traditional number ten role? Um, a thing of the past now and are we now looking at our number 10s to do a lot more than just be that person who has a free role that plays behind the striker that you know that creates chances are are we are we expecting more Butch. from a player who would be titled a, a number 10 basically but let's let's strangle this idea at birth that the number 10 is is of yesteryear it's out of fashion it is out of fashion right now mm-hmm. but it will come back in the future mm-hmm. Okay. What I would say is that how many top six clubs do you see in the Premier League playing with traditional number 10s? I think with tactics adapting mm. and teams evolving, I think when you look at it, the flexibility of, you know, just having a number 10 as a, as a luxury player has gone out of the window mm-hmm. because managers are so demanding for their players to now press. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And the perfect example for this is Pep Guardiola. I mean, he's literally playing two number 10s in number eight roles. Mm-hmm. F- three number 10s. De Bruyne, when, when he plays, Bernardo Silva and mm. David Silva. Mm-hmm. None of them are centre midfielders. But due to the demand of pressing the space and also helping in the defensive phase, that's why the number 10 role is becoming irrelevant in today's mm. game. And no one's really playing with it. And the irony of it is that Every week we say, oh, um, Liverpool need a number 10. Chelsea need a number 10. <laughs> but what is a number 10? Because no mm. one is playing a number 10. Mm. 
but I think when they say that is is just having a more creative player in the midfield. So Liverpool do need a a, a bit more creativity in midfield. But that, that's not a number ten, though. So how would you what would you class as a number ten? Just be a, yeah. a number ten is that player that has the free role to float in behind the striker, create gaps mm-hmm. in the defense, and play through balls. Their sole responsibility is to create goals. They're not huge goal scorers. Mm. If you are playing a number ten, it's in the mode of a Deli Ali now. Mm. You get what I'm trying to say? Someone that joins the box and someone that scores goals. But the mother, and that's why Isco is struggling at Real Madrid this season. We I haven't. He's on the bench mm. because he just doesn't fit the system. Mm. What Ishmael, about, have you got something to say yeah. on that? I'm not too sure about that, but I mm. think the Isco problem is different. But yeah, I'm, I agree with Sam mm. because. Liverpool is a creative player and that's classified right now as a number 10. Yes. What about Adam Lallana? Fudge. Oh, come on. <laughs> Adam Lallana, man. Why come are you on, for what? <laughs> <laughs> Fudge, you're for what? <laughs> okay, no. Yeah, basically, in my opinion, in my opinion, the number 10 rolls out of fashion. Mm. Before, back in the day, we used to see managers line up with a midfielder mm. in behind the strike and say, you know what, you don't worry about the defensive mm. phase of the play. The other players are going to take care mm. of it. Almost like a passenger. Mm. But nowadays, you've got the new age managers, the Peps, the Klops. They say, no, every man on the pitch has mm. to work. Mm. We're looking at those running stats. Mm. So I think it's the case of because the modern day managers are implementing those tactics, <clears throat> it's going out of fashion. But I do think there's going to be another wave when those players come in. So now you're seeing like David Brooks, Deli Ali, yeah, these are the new age number Madison. 10. Madison as well. <clears throat> these are the new age number 10. So it's, I wouldn't say he's dead because we've been used to seeing Ronaldinho, Zidane, give it to him, he'll make it happen. Mm. But now because teams are playing with a three in the midfield, it's making the midfield congested. Mm. So these number 10s are getting drawn out of the game and they're being, you know, rendered null and void. Um, so, yeah. What it is is that number 10s now are playing in two other positions and that's either they're playing on that left side Mm. For example, Felipe Coutinho, where he gets that ability to cut in and of take course. that half ten position, mm. or they're playing as a number eight. Mm. So you can't really detect them, so they can't be predictable. Mm. Because now, if you play a number ten against, let's say, a City, you've got Fernandinho, he's mm. going to be following you around. Yeah. So if that number ten is now taken out of the game, that means your team's going to have a stink and you're going to lose the yeah, game yeah. because managers used to rely on the number tens to make it happen, whereas now teams are more well-rounded you know they don't want to be predictable mm. as sorry, I said sorry. again no sorry are you finished no, yeah you can go on no, so what I was going to say I think the number 10 is still is still there but it's just in a different mode yeah like okay. you don't have your your luxury number 10 like an Ezel mm-hmm. so if you're going to be a number 10 you need to be the equivalent of, a, of David Silva mm-hmm. so you, you need to be able to create but you need to be able to run as well of course so I yeah. think and Deli Ali is not a He's, to me, he's, just, he's not a it's number a 10. He's a supporting striker. Yeah, yeah he's a supporting striker. Yeah, like when you look at number so 10. So I a number 10. It's not. The, when you uh, look at number 10s, I look at people like James Rodriguez, Juan mm. Mata, Ozil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All but three of those even, players no, no, are no, struggling. But, but those players, James Rodriguez and Juan Mata, those, those players are goal scorers. They're mm. not the Ozil type. James Mata's a goal scorer, man. Mata's yeah, a he scores goals, but he also creates. You play Mata... 38 games a season, he's getting you 10 to 15 goals. And assists yeah. But yes. I think the, yeah, but he's, he's more of a, of a goal so. threat. Yeah. Ozil's solely a creator. Mm, I think mm. the fact that you're seeing those players, their involvements in games minimised shows the fact that this number 10 position is, you know, out of fashion. Yeah. I think 
the creative aspect when you're saying that a player needs a number 10 you're just basically saying they need a creative player mm. but the mode of player that you're looking for now is like Ndombele that's the kind mm. of number 8 you're now looking for yeah. to create mm-hmm. it's not that number 10 player anymore mm. Mm. and the reason why Fekir is so special is because he brings both phases to the game mm. he can press and he also has that ability to create and shoot mm, he's that's not the best him. presser he's not the best mm-hmm. off the ball I mean you saw him against um, Barcelona and you said you know he was one of the best players I think the second best player for Leon so was he oh, pressing yeah. yeah for oh, Kev. yeah yeah so he puts how- the work in mm. but the thing is the number 10 now is not like back in the day mm. now you're asking him to score goals as well yes that's why yep. it's a bit different before mm. the number 10 he didn't matter if he has scored like five goals a season yep. now you need him to score at least 20 goals a season mm. that's the difference and that's the standards that the players have put in now i think that's why we do, lost do, do you think it's fair because the thing about it is you you hear about managers saying now that uh, more of the players are expected to contribute in the defensive phase of the game but when we say, oh, this team needs a creative player, it's like all of the burden and the responsibility to create is being put on one player. Shouldn't it be more of a collective effort amongst the team for everybody to contribute in the attacking phase of, of the game as well? Yeah. Is it, is, do you know what I mean? Is, is, is it fair for us to put all of the responsibility on that one player? Well, no, okay, no, no you're the creative that, player, though, so you're going to... No one's doing that, though. But when you, when, you, when you say stuff like... Or, or, or when, 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 when people say, oh, this team needs a creative player, it's like, okay, so you're expecting that, that team to, to, to bring in a creative player and then that creative player is going to do the creating. No, there, there's not one way to skin a cat. That adds you another layer on top of what you have. Mm. It's not. I'm not saying that you bring in this creative player and they do all the creating. They mm. add another layer. They add a supplement to how you break down teams now. Mm. For example, Liverpool, they're like going through the channel. Mm-hmm. They're also like playing that over the top ball to the wing backs and they they play their low cross and they overload the flanks. With that extra quality in midfield, you have another layer of breaking a team down mm. through intelligence, through a perfect thread pass or long or, range or shot, long range shot yeah. which okay. Liverpool mm, okay. lack. I'm not saying that you mm. get the creator and all the impotences on them to create. I'm not saying that. Okay. Fair enough. And and so when we were talking I I know the other thing that you said dot was that basically um, the time of the the number ten will come back. It, were, were you, are you saying basically like the, the 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 number ten that we've known in 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 years gone will come back, or this new style uh, ten that we're seeing with with you know players playing as number eights rather um, that that's gonna be basically the direction that this position goes in in future. It's 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 weird because when you look at it you would say five, six years ago was like the peak of possession football. Mm. I think now teams are thinking, you know what, how can we turn over teams? How can we mm. counter? Mm. So I think it just goes around in cycles. It goes around in swings and roundabouts where, mm. you know, right now the current in thing in football is counter-attacking football. I mean, how many teams are deadly in the counter-attack mm. in the world? Even Barcelona to a degree, Ishmael will know more than me, but mm. they're not, they're not as dominant as they used to be they're when it comes to now. possession. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, they found another ways. It's football. It's just about adapting. And yeah. Probably in a few years, it will be completely different, and the number ten role, number ten role, will be completely different to what it is now. And mm-hmm. we won't even recognize, and we will even think like, oh, when did it change again? Mm. But Fair it's enough. What it is. 
Okay, I have one more question on this before we move on to the next topic. So we 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 address the fact that there are some players that are currently struggling that would be your you know your archetypal number nine the number ten sorry. So um, you have James Rodriguez, you have um, Isco. We said and um, Meza Urzel, Meza Urzel that are Mata, and yeah. Mata that are currently struggling, right? Yeah, well, fair, so one matters. He, he doesn't really even play. Yeah, to be honest, really like had a sustained role in number ten. He usually gets worked on the yeah, right. Yeah, but doesn't that show the demise of the number ten role? What yeah, we're but I think about? Mata's played on the right for 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 a long time. He's never been mm, trusted yeah, to play Valencia, as a number yeah. ten, even mm-hmm. for Valencia. From Valencia days. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So in, instead, let's focus on the other three. So let's let's focus on Isco, James, and Ozil. So to to close this debate, um, so and we we we're speaking about adapting, right? So what did these players do, or what systems and and changes do managers make to their tactics for these players to flourish once again? Is it more on the side of the player that needs to adapt, or more the manager? That needs to adapt his his tactics. Ooh, that's... It has to be a bit of both. Yeah. Okay. because yeah, you can't you can you can have a system and you you want to play in a certain way, but you just need everything to to function. Mm. So if you if for example if you had Ozil, you know you know um Ozil's um his drawbacks. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you 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 build a midfield that will allow him to. That will compensate his drawback. Yeah. So this, is what I'm, this is what I was thinking. If you play two, let's say we play, you play two players in the engine room, like two guys that can get up and down, yeah. the box to boxes or whatever, that can con- contribute towards both phases. Does that solve the problem of Mesut Ozil? Because if you, I'm sorry, though, if you look at when um, Cozola was there, mm. Cozola and um, Coquelin and Ozil, mm-hmm. that midfield functioned because you got um, Coquelin just literally breaking down play and just giving the ball to Cozola. Because of a forward passing straight to Ozil. Ozil looks forward. Sanchez. Mm. I think we're bringing up Ozil for. <laughs> I know he, he's one of three <laughs> number tens that we are talking about. No, I, right? The one thing of three. with those three yeah. is their work rate. Um, yeah. Nowadays, you need to work. Like we've mm-hmm. said, Silva, De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, we mm. see how they run. But then three, they don't really like to run behind the ball. That's mm-hmm. why it's hard for the managers to trust them to put them in a big game. Mm-hmm. I think, but. for me, it's about picking and choosing their battles. Mm-hmm. I think Ozil against the smaller clubs at home, he can play him, he'll do his <laughs> magic. Everyone says the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> but there's some games you can't be throwing him into. Yeah. You've got to play him in more of an impact role. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you're playing against tired and weary legs, maybe you can come on and unlock a, a mm-hmm. defence with mm-hmm. a creative pass. But playing against big teams away from home, Managers nowadays, they want those stats. They want that high-intensity sprint. They want to be dangerous mm. when they haven't got that ball. And Meza mm-hmm. Ozil, he hasn't got that in his locker. So, yeah. it's a bit... It's sad in a way because, what, five, ten years ago, even when it was at Real Madrid, this was mm-hmm. a guy that was operating at a high, high level. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's like the game and the cycle of the number 10s fading out mm-hmm. have coincided and ultimately culminated in a less effective Meza Ozil. And just, just to finish up, um, if you look at Bernardo Silva, he clocked the, the most um, kilometres in, in a game yeah, this season yeah. against Liverpool. Yeah. And that just shows that these number 10s, they need to work their yeah, yeah, And he's yeah. the perfect example of that. Fair play, man. Very, very valid points raised there. Thank you guys for that. Um, I want to move in now to uh, the topic of, of Newcastle. As you mentioned <laughs> already, we've got a Newcastle fan here in Sam. Um, it seems that there's a lot of things going on at our club at the moment. You know, obviously the the the, the um, 
the the owner Mike Ashley. It seems like he's more invested in in other business ventures than than, than football. <laughs> Saving it's, HMV. It's, it's, it's no, yeah, honestly, there, there's no secret about it. You know, he's obviously looking to to, to sell the club. Um, I even saw recently that you know he's trying to have a majority uh, ownership uh, of the shares over um, at Debenham. So clearly his, <laughs> his football, it, well, you know, his future um, lies away from football. Um, you know, and 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 he he's going, uh, you know, to pursue more, uh, you know, very varied uh, business ventures. Um, so that that's interesting to see, um, but. You know, like I said, it seems like there's a lot of different things that are like loads of different subplots and stories that are happening at a club at the moment. So you've got the whole thing about the ownership of the club. Then you have whether or not they're going to be able to hold on to Rafa Benitez. And, um, you know, even in terms of the transfers. So he's obviously been, uh, Mike Ashley, that is, he's been slated at, um, uh, by, by fans with not being willing to invest within the club and buy the right players. And even at the moment, you've got a player in Solomon Rondon who's on loan um, there. Who's who's? I, I, I believe he's having a, a fairly decent season. I like season. him. I like him. Um, but it looks like uh, Mike Ashley isn't willing to sanction the permanent move because of his age. For example, I think <laughs> he's saying that you know he's 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 too old. He doesn't want to invest um, in a in a player of that age. So there's there's so many different issues that are going on at the club. Um, and I guess I just wanted to get your general thought about um, what, where the club is uh, at the moment, Sam, and what is you know the best plan of action for the club in the future uh, in, in order to, to you know to have success uh, in the Premier League. Um, firstly, I think okay, let me let me let me let me, um, let me break this down. I'm not a diehard Newcastle fan. <laughs> yeah. um, firstly, I'm a football fan. Okay. I got love for Newcastle mm-hmm. and I got love for Arsenal. Okay. It's a weird one. Um, yeah, relating to Newcastle, I think um, Mike Ashley, fair play to him, he's come to the club and he's, he's invested his own money and he's, mm-hmm. and he's cleared a lot of the, um, the club's debts. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's come to the stage now where he's like, okay, cool, I've done this. He doesn't want to be there anymore. So it's mm-hmm. just a matter of trying to sell the club. And I, I don't know the ins and outs as to what's going on as to why it's taking so long to sell the club because... Newcastle, the whole the whole city is like a it's like a football hub. Mm. If if, mm. if 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 someone just gets hold of that club, they can of course you know it'll be a, um, by right. It's like a top six, top seven club in my yeah, they opinion. Got the They've got the it. infrastructure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Geordies, they're so passionate about football, and you can hear the dissenting voices in the terraces. Yeah. They keep singing to Mike Ashley. Get out of our club. Get out of our club. You fat, greedy bastard. Get out of our club. So, I mean, that shows, you know, that the fans aren't for him. But to be fair, in um, January, he did back Rafa Benitez with that yeah. Almiron signing. And he's mm. been a revelation. Mm. Any time he gets on the ball, them Newcastle mm. fans, you know, they're up in their seats. They're, they've really got behind him. And it's given them that push almost to get them across the line this season. And hopefully in the summer, they can take stock. And as you mentioned, um, Solomon Rondon, for me, he's a top, top striker. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. he works so, so hard. He mm-hmm. might not get the goals, but he's been scoring. But yeah, there's a bit of a discord with the fans and the owner. Obviously, Matt Ashley, as Budge said, he's got other business interests. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a joke going around, I think in, was it January or before January, that they signed a new 90 million striker, House of Fraser, or something <laughs> like that. I remember there was a joke going around. But to be fair, 
he did back them with um, Almiron and he's been a revelation that like, mm. he's so lively when he gets the ball yeah, I mean yeah, he's so skinny like the shirt wears him but he needs to fill out and you yeah. know get Prem ready but the glimpses I've seen so far he's been good and also the centre-back Shah or Cher whatever they yeah. call him mm. he's a top top player mm. for me he's oh, got man. a cracker in him like he's mm. like the Bernardo Silva of centre-backs like the ball's <laughs> down bro to him like the way he dribbles with the ball so I think Newcastle if they can back Rafa Benitez Mm. You know what? They've got a good thing going there because one thing, another I need to say is that they shouldn't take Rafa Benitez for granted because mm. this Definitely is a top, not. top manager. Mm-hmm. And if he leaves, they're not going to get a, a manager that can lace, lace his left boot. Mm. So they need to mm. be careful and treat him correctly, give him the financial support. And as I said, Byra, I think Newcastle are top seven, mm. top six club because they've got everything in place in mm. order to, you know, challenge the status quo, top six. So if if I can just add on that, I think obviously Mike actually wants to sell the club. So what he should do is literally back Rafa Benitez, give him the players that he needs because he's he's, Benitez is like he's a top manager. Mm -hmm. Give him what he needs, and he'll he'll literally elevate Newcastle to where they potentially can be. Mm -hmm. And then it's 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 easier. It's an easier sell than what Mm -hmm. is right now. Mm -hmm. Right now, people don't want to buy because okay, we're going to buy them, but we might get relegated. Too much uncertainty. I know. Before I mean, before January, there was talk about Amanda um, Staveley taking over Newcastle, but those um, talks seemed to hit the buffers. Then that's when Mike Ashley thought, you know what? this club, we might be going down. So I might as well invest because if we go down, I'm going to lose a lot of my money. Mm. So he done the right thing, signing Almiron and they bought in another play on loan and that seems to have rejuvenated the side and now mm. they look like a decent Prem team. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about the relegation battle, I think Newcastle are going to be safe. I think they've got enough in their camp mm. with Almiron, Rondon and a Jose Perez. Perez For yeah, me, yeah, that's a good, good attack. And it's not about Perez, man. The cells and... and, and yeah, the sure, sure, sure. Solid, like, mm. We've got a solid mm. basis to build on. No, they've, got, they've got a good team, I think. Mm. Yeah, they just as well, he, obviously he's made some few mistakes but in the last a, few he's weeks. He's a steady goalkeeper. Mm. I think they just need to back Rafa in the summer and mm. they can potentially... Mm. trust his judgment because Rafa Benitez in the transfer market is very shrewd mm. and he knows his players if he says he wants a player the, um, the board should back him because he knows his stuff fair play man fair play I think we're going to we're going to change territories now and we're going to move from England over to Spain <laughs> we're going to bring um, <laughs> we're going to bring Ishmael into the conversation now now there's a, there's a number of things that I wanted to, to, to get your thoughts on Ishmael um, I want to start off with Two players at the moment, uh, in particular. Um, funnily enough, one was in the Premier League last season, but is now in Spain, and the other was in Spain last season and is now in the Premier League. Um, I want to start off with Denis Suarez. So, of course, everybody's uh, well aware that he is currently on loan from Barcelona. Um, he's a player that um, Una Emery has played with in 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 the past and one that he rates quite highly. But it looks like uh, early signs are showing that um, he isn't quite the right fit for the Premier League, which, you know, could be down to the physicality and the demands of the league and, and of course, it being quite rigorous. Um, But the thing about it is, why I find it quite interesting is because I remember in years gone, Wenger in particular would sign players on the basis not of their physicality, but on the basis of their football intelligence. And even like recently, um, you know, when, when Arsenal, um, you know, were, 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 were recruiting and, and trying to bring players in, um, and, and, and Diamond Eye, who obviously joined us from, 
from uh, Dortmund, but has now left. Ms. Lintat. Ms. Lintat. Sven, <laughs> Sven Ms. Lintat. I remember he, he was quoted as saying that he's looking for a player with an Iniesta brain. So it's like... Nah, you, that, that means you, his brain is not working. <laughs> he's not that brain. So, so, so the point that I'm trying to raise is, right, you know, I feel like in years... And, and, and if we look at the, the, the Barcelona team of, 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 of past, of course, there is one single factor that just make, that skews everything. And that you is know. Lionel Messi, right? But if you look at the, the stature of their players, they're all very diminutive, intelligent, quick thinkers, passers of the ball and whatnot. And even against physic, physically dominant uh, uh, English teams or whatever, you know, they were able to, to, to beat these teams, Right. So, I, I, I guess I'm trying to understand the importance of the physicality uh, of a player. And is it the case that we no longer can just look at signing players based on their intelligence and their football knowledge uh, and understanding of the game? Um, and, 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 you know, phys- the physical side of the game is equally as important as the, the, the intelligence is, is that the case? Do you, you think that's the case with, with Suarez? I know you're obviously uh, uh, someone who watches quite a lot of uh, Spanish football. Um, you know, is this the, is a Suarez that you're seeing now in the Premier League the same Suarez from Spain? Um, what are your thoughts generally on that? Yeah, I think it's the same Suarez that I, we've been seeing like the past few years. Mm-hmm. Basically, his problem is when he was with Emery at Sevilla, he had that run of games to play. And that's why he was playing so well. Mm-hmm. He was on loan from Barcelona, and as soon as Barcelona called him back, he wanted to go back. That's the main problem. That's the same problem that De La Feu had. Okay. And the problem is, is mental. Because you go to Barcelona, and you're not going to have the time to play. So you lose your confidence, you lose everything. Mm-hmm. And then you come on the pitch, you receive a ball, and you are like, oh, all nervous. You mm-hmm. don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You lose the ball, and the, all the crowd goes into you. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. he's lost it again. Oh. Again, again, yeah, and that's yeah. a young player, and that's mental. That's something as scar tissue. Yeah, that they cannot deal with now. Players now are soft. Mm. Iniesta, when he was at his peak, he had problems, and he didn't come out. We didn't know about it, but he was suffering from depression. But he was playing at his peak. Mm. These players, they cannot do that anymore, mm-hmm. and we've seen him. Even Mourinho said it. They, they just worry about Instagram and stuff like that. <laughs> Suarez, if he has, I think if he would have come in at the beginning of the season, maybe it would have been different. Mm-hmm. But right now, coming mid-season, when he hasn't really played this season <coughs> as well at Barcelona, mm-hmm. and then this team, Arsenal's team, is is done really. You know who is the starting eleven. Mm-hmm. He cannot come into that eleven right now, and the midfield is is strong. More or less, they have mm. Saka in there, Torreira, Gendouzi, mm. and these players are informed. He's mm. not informed. So that means, what was the, what was the, the remit thinking. behind, yeah. behind yeah? The, the signing? Why did they make the signing then, if he's not going to play? Long term. Wait, I it's think, a, but it's I a loan deal. Long term, yeah. Is it but, not a loan deal? I think Emery really wanted him. But I don't, I so don't do you think they're going to make the deal permanent? Because you're saying long term. God forbid, please. But, uh, <laughs> Barcelona want to sell him. They mm. want cash because they have other plans. So I don't really know. It depends on what Arsenal wants. But do you think he'll? Do you think he'll he'll come good? He, yeah, he can. Yeah, yeah. He's ha- he has the quality. Mm. We've, so, we, we've seen stuff now and then. 
It's about consistency. Yeah. I know we're so, normally in collaboration and you're always telling me, oh, Denis Suarez, if he gets a run of games for Barcelona, he can be the real deal. He's got yeah. quality, he's got talent. So do you think in the Premier League, the tough and rigorous league, do you think next season he can be a firm fixture in this Arsenal side or do you see him as not a player that can adapt to this league and more adept in the Spain La Liga? Yeah, he's coming from Man City, so he knows how players Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think if he gets a run of games, preseason with Arsenal, and then start the league with them, I think he can start with them. And a midfield of Saka, Terreira, and Denis Suarez, I think he'll be really good. So is what? What? Much? What are his qualities? This is what I was gonna yeah, ask. So what is Denis Suarez? Mm-hmm. Speed. He's faster than what Iniesta was. Mm-hmm. Like change of pace. Then the skills. He can dribble. He can even play left wing. Yeah, yeah. And score goals. Mm-hmm. But what's his best? Is he better as a winger or as a number 10? Um, Cause I'll I, say I, midfielder. Yeah. Because I so really don't know what he's, brought, he's been brought in for. In, like, in the left, 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 left mid, basically. Okay, so that Coutinho kind yeah. of. Yeah. So he's not Aaron Ramsey's replacement? No. No, not really. It's an interesting one. I personally, I mean, he can he can have all the quality he wants. <laughs> we just want him on the first plane. <laughs> <back. laughs> my dear friend. Yeah, I'm sorry. We we are operating on a very finite transfer budget. We cannot afford to waste money and resources on half measures, right? If we're gonna do this, if we need to be shrewd with our money, then I'm sorry. I I only want players that I'm confident <clears throat> that are, are ready to, to really, them. really pull up trees as Dot likes to say. <laughs> I want all the trees pulled up at Arsenal on that pitch. All of them. So, boys, you're putting yeah. you're nailing your colours to the mask. I'm mass. nailing my colours to the mask. <laughs> I'm letting them rain through. <laughs> okay, cool. So, that was so that was the first one. It was um, uh, Dennis Suarez. The other one is um, Courtois. Right? So, he was brought in a massive fee paid for him. He's gone over to Real Madrid. And what on earth is happening? That is the question. What's happening with Courtois? He came, know. basically, he came to replace a keeper mm-hmm. that the fans loved. He's not basically... The fans love Navas. Yeah, because mm. what he is, what he's done for the club yeah, and yeah. how he's performing and he, he gives everything for Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. And um, Courtois came over in the summer that Ronaldo left. No replacement for Ronaldo. And mm-hmm. you bring a keeper that you don't need. Mm-hmm. And then he's making those silly mistakes. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not really working. And you need to know he's coming from Atletico. So mm-hmm. they expect him to be some yeah, next so level. Any, yeah, any yeah. mistake, they're going to pounce yeah. on him. And he's not at the level of Torres Stegen or All Black right mm-hmm. now in the league. He's really far away from them. And mm-hmm. then you come in... You have Kaylo Navas in the goal and he doesn't concede. You're mm. like, why is he playing? And Kaylo Navas playing well at the beginning of the season, and he just went out of the way from nowhere. So, and he seems to be like a brash character as well. He talks a lot. He's quick to slam players. I mean, we saw it at his time in Chelsea. He would talk out of turn. Seems like overconfident. And if you're going to be that type of character, you need to put the performances on the pitch. And when you're mm. not, fans are going to give it as good as they've got. I think so. you know what it is. He was too good, too young. I think he's plateaued and he's 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 gonna struggle to recover that top form. I mean, at what twenty two was a world class goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Atletico, yeah. And 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 his first year at Chelsea was amazing. So I just think that he reached his peak 
um, too early when goalkeepers usually reach their peak in their thirties. Mm. He reached it in early twenties, and then that's mm. why we're just seeing him decline now. So do you think that's he's true. gonna leave in the summer? No. Where is he gonna go now? Hmm. I'm just They're saying that the gay is mm. gonna leave Man United and yeah, this probably is the thing. Man United. But this, this is what I can't get my head around. How can <clears throat> Real Madrid splash the cash on a a, a, a a goalkeeper of the ilk of Thibaut Courtois, then the next season go and splash the cash again this is for another? I can't get my head around that. What I've heard is that um, they're gonna swap Courtois with the hair. That's what I've heard. Not the splashed cash. Yeah. Um, I don't see them buying the gear because they need to invest the money on unfilled players. Mm. So that thing's not going to happen. But with Courtois, I think it's... I wouldn't say he, he, he can't be declining. He's just having a bad season. Yeah, Real, Madrid, was, Real Madrid as as a whole are having a bad season. It was bad for Chelsea last season. But Chelsea as, well as a whole were having a bad season. Chelsea, he was bad because he wanted to leave. Yeah. And what about the season... I wouldn't say it was amazing then though he, he won the league but he wasn't outstanding he wasn't I'm, the I'm, best goalkeeper in the league but if, if, you, if you were to rank him based on all the, the keepers at Barcelona and um, Navas where would, you, where would you rank him? So what you're talking about Ter Stegen Chilison, yeah. Navas and Courtois yeah. fourth. fourth fourth wow yeah, yeah. Right now, fourth no no let's say potential let's say, let's say if, if he's at his best yeah second second yeah and Interesting. I also wanted to ask mm. Ishmael about Gerard Delefeu. We've seen him come into the Premier League and take it by storm this season. He's um, forged a great relationship with Troy Deeney. So how highly do you rate him and what do you think his level is? I think he's, I think he's very good for the Premier League and we've seen it already when he was at Everton. He hit his peak at one point but it's always the same problem. They mm. always want to go back to Barcelona and that uh, that doesn't really work out. Mm. You, when you are at your best, and I know you want to... But sometimes it's only about staying in a place that you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And right now he's really forming that partnership with Tredini and I enjoy watching them. I think it's good for him mm. and he deserves it. So what's his highest level? Do you think Watford's his level? Or because I was saying um, in another episode of the podcast that we done that he can't fit into a top six team, but he could probably go to like Italy and go to like an Inter Milan or AC Milan and do the business there. I would take it. He was at AC Milan already, right? Mm. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, he can get in a top six team, but he'll probably be more like a impact bench player, impact mm. player. You know what I mean? But thinking about the football that he plays probably Tottenham would be his best fit. Okay. Something uh, like that. And what about uh, Javi Gracia, the Watford manager? I know he's from your shores as well. Yeah. So how is he viewed in Spain and what do you think his level is? Because when he came into the league, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be a same old Watford manager, get sacked after a season and go, back to, and, go, <laughs> and go back to Spain with your tail tucked between your legs. But he seems, he seems to be a good manager. He seems to be doing well and, you know, he's getting accolades and rave reviews. So what are they saying back home in Spain? That not really speaking a lot about him, but when he was back in Spain, he had a really good season, and then the next season the team wasn't really working. Was it at Malaga? Yeah, Malaga. Yeah. And the team uh, ended up in relegation zone, but he's a good manager, and he just needed another chance to show it. Interesting. 
Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I also wanted to touch on really quickly, now as at the moment we're obviously speaking about Spanish players, I wanted to touch on really quickly the um, the, the, the the result between uh, Spain and and, um, and Norway. Mm. Obviously, Spain won uh, 2-1. Uh, Sergio Ramos. With another Penenka. With, a, with another mm. Penenka. It was mm. a beautifully, beautifully taken one as well. Um, winning the game 2-1. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys thoughts on, on that game in particular. Yeah, yeah, it was the, probably the most one-sided 2-1 you'll ever see. Um, first of all, I want to say um, well done to Wami Mata um, for making his debut. I mean, I think he's a model professional for, for, for everyone listening that a player that made it professional at the age of 25 um, mm. came into the La Liga at 29, had one season, scored 15 to 16 goals and his dream came true and mm. it was a strange game because it was at the um, Mestalla Valencia's home ground and a lot of people were, were questioning Luis Enrique's um, team selection they were saying oh um, are they playing like a lot of Valencia players you know due to sentiment I mean Parejo and Rodrigo but for me they were the two best players on the pitch Parejo really knitted the midfield mm. um Rodrigo looked like a goal for it. I think mm. he deserves a chance at, at a top club because every time I watch him, he makes things happen. He's mm. active. He's always moving. Which top club are you talking about? I don't... Where I was think he, he before? Fought, Valencia Bolton. Bolton. I think he was, was at Bolton. Bolton. I remember him at Bolton yeah. having a hey, loan. Do you know what? Yeah. I'll take him. Liverpool? I'll take him as, as, a, as an a option. Backup. Back yeah, but for yeah. me, he's not quite that top, top. And that's what Spain are missing. All these mm. Maratas, Rodrigo, they're not that top, top level. And I was speaking to Ishmael as we do in our usual chats about the beautiful game. And he was telling me that in under 21 level, under 20 level, mm. there's not really that top figurehead striker yeah, coming that, through. That's because mm. Spain, <laughs> they went down the route of no striker. So why, yes. why is there going to be strikers coming mm. through? So you think that's that. been taught through their coaching curriculum that, yeah, you know what? I think what? it's dripped through into their curriculum oh. at a coaching level that, we don't bring through strikers anymore. Like, it's okay. just, it's so it's just going to overload the midfield, mm. force nine yeah. and stuff like but that. But what I would say is, I want to say, um, Sergio Canales, it was good to see him back in oh, the yeah, team. Oh, yeah, the Real Madrid guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a forgotten man. Of the three crucial ligament damages. Mm. So, you know, very well done. And yeah. it, it's good to see him free, back. He had free. Oh, free. wow. Yeah. That shows mental mm. strength as yeah, well because 100%. those injuries can finish a man. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember him at. Um, Real Madrid as well. Yeah. I think he's at Sociedad now, right? Yeah. yeah no, so- he's at Betis now. Oh, Betis, Betis now. Okay. Yeah. So, think, the, yeah, he's, he's, so he had a spell there. at Sociedad. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, but okay. then he wants uh, Betis. Yeah, but what I would say is that Spain, they looked really good yesterday. I think they mm. were playing with good mm. passing patterns. It's the most exciting I've seen Spain in, in probably the last two, three years. Mm. Essential, what's happened to him? Because I watched him and he looked like he's lacking confidence. In the final third, he was over dribbling. Um, I think Jesus Navas had a good game. He's reinvented himself yeah, as a yes. fullback. He, he played really, really well, and it's a good performance from Spain. I think going forward, they can they can take confidence because I wouldn't say Norway are the best team, but I also wouldn't say they're the worst team. Mm. So let's see how it pans out because I'm excited by this Spain team. And, and what are your um, what are your thoughts on on young Martin Odegaard? He's another forgotten man, isn't he? He looked, he looked bright. Mm. He looked bright yesterday. He he died um, towards the the fiftieth minute. He mm-hmm. got subbed off on the fifty eighth minute. But I think in the first half, he he 
he showed his quality. Mm. And I think he's gone to um, Holland. He's playing for Fetise. On him. Um, and he's rediscovered his confidence. And mm. as Ishmael said, is that this player got... Odegaard got thrown in at 15 mm. to Real Madrid. Mm. You, you don't play games and then <laughs> the media is like, where's Odegaard? The fans start saying, where's Odegaard? And, and your confidence, mentally you go. Yeah. At 15, you're, you're only 20. Forward. I think mm. he's only 20 now. Wow, yeah. still young. Still young, mm. man. Mm. Yeah. So, I remember the rumours when he was getting linked with all these big clubs, saying he was going around with his dad, training yeah. with mm. teams he, and he blah. He trained at Liverpool for, yeah. for, for a sustained period of time. Yeah, mm. so again, going to Real Madrid at that age, you're not going to be playing football. So again, I think his father and his agent should take some criticism. Yeah, I mean, grow them out, pace your career. Mm. Real Madrid should be the end goal, not mm. the early goal. And, and so. that goes back to the point which I was Jade, making with Sancho. Jaden Sancho yeah. that it's it's too early, man. Mm. Stay in Dortmund. You're comfortable there. You're playing well. You're scoring goals. You're looking like the best thing since sliced bread. Why are you gonna leave? And, he, mm. and he's playing away from the limelight as well. Exactly. Like yeah. it, it's really important for young players to be able to just play football without too much. Yeah, too much too pressure. pressure yeah. okay. I, th- I think Odegaard can can have a future at Real Madrid, man. I, I liked what I saw. I saw a bit of, I saw a bit of the young in him, mm. where he had that ability to beat players, um, and he looked a bit like he's bulked up a yeah, bit. So yeah. I was impressed. Okay, you know what? That makes me think of one other player that's obviously um, currently at uh, Madrid at the moment, and that is uh, a young Vinicius Junior. So he's obviously another player that's gone over there, and he's fairly young. Um, was was he? But but he's he seems like a, a shining light in 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 Real Madrid's dismal season so far. So you know, is 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 that a move that you know is is vindicated by the fact that he's performing well at the moment? Was it the right time for him to move, or do you think it's another scenario where it could potentially backfire? In that you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, especially the season after Ronaldo leaves, I being think- an attacking player. Is there is there an added pressure on him? There, there wasn't really pressure this season on him, but there's mm. gonna be a lot of pressure next season on him because mm. they're gonna expect him to deliver. Mm. They're gonna expect him to improve his finishing because he's really poor, and be that main figure in attack mm. because he's shown this year that he wants to have that pressure on his back. So they expect him next season to be mm. okay. Let me show you what I can do: mm-hmm. uh, hit double figures in goals and assist, basically. Mm. And he's really, really young still. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen, I've been looking at the Real Madrid 11s and Bell's been playing on the bench and he's been starting. So that shows <laughs> that he's got something about him or yeah. it shows the politics at Real Madrid. And mm-hmm. he's had a few good glimpses. I've seen him. He looks energetic. He mm-hmm. looks lively. Mm-hmm. He wants to beat his man. He's got that innocence of youth. Mm-hmm. And obviously at that stage, it shows a lot about you because Real Madrid's a sink or swim environment yeah. and he seems to be swimming. But I think he's um, got an injury right now. I think he had like a nasty ligament injury. Mm. So he's going to be out for some time. So hopefully he makes a speedy recovery Mm -hmm. and we see him, you know, progress and, you know, continue his journey at Real Madrid. The the thing is, next season, the power dynamic is going to change. Whereas Real Madrid, they're going to go out and spend, what, 200 million, 300 million. So when there's now competition in his position, how is he going to react to that that challenge? We're yet to see. He really wasn't playing this season until they changed his manager because he's also playing for the B team so he actually earned that position so he's going to keep it now yeah but for example you bring in Hazard (laughs) Hazard is going straight into that left wing position yeah he'll have to play on the right wing (laughs) but he's (laughs) he's going to play (laughs) 
fair play, fair play. Now, again, as always, conscious of time. Um, so I just want us to wrap uh, wrap things up with one final topic, and that is um, our, our, our favourite segment, which is... Prospect, uh, of, prospect the of the week. <laughs> Hashtag the international uh, 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 version of it this week. So I wanted to hear your thoughts, um, guys. Generally, you know, looking at the international fixtures and, and, and results. Can, can I go feel? first, please? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> my, my candidate, my candidate, he's not actually a footballer. He's a manager. And as we said on this show, we don't go by the rules. Yeah. I'm going by the name of Alex McLeish. <laughs> I think what happened, what happened against Kazakhstan, I mean, that was embarrassing. I mean, I'm not a fan of Alex McLeish as a manager. I think he's out of date and I think he's in the past. And I mean, you're playing up against a country that their famous sporting son is Gennady Golovkin. And I looked at, and I looked at their 11 and they had no recognisable names. None of their players play in the top five leagues. And to get beaten 3-0, I think there was a name of the teams that they beat in 3-0. I think a team like Nepal was there. So that really shows the company that Scotland mixed in. And you know what, Alex McLeish, you're my prospect of the meet, of the week. He needs to be sacked. Yeah, well. I mean, what are they appointing him for again? I, mean, I think he had the first spell again and they're <laughs> reappointing him. Is that the same with Republic of Ireland? Like, what are you doing? Like, your recruitment you, is poor and he's the prospect of the week, in my opinion. And even today, he was involved in a life and death. They were struggling. Against no, San Marino. Basically, it was 1-0 late on and then they ended it 2-0. But San Marino could have actually scored. They missed the open goal. And that just shows how poor this Scotland mm. team are. And my prospect of the week is, um, uh, it's, it's a sad one because I like the player, but Murata, yeah. mm. he missed around seven chances, should I say, yesterday. Gosh, yeah. And when I say seven chances, I mean seven good chances. And it got to the point where his opposition were just looking at him and thinking, and he was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, just, <laughs> I can't score. We like, saw that many times at Chelsea, to be fair. It, it reminds me of that famous picture that used to do the rounds on social media with Fernando Torres saying, how am I meant to score when there's a goalkeeper? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what it reminded me of. Fair enough, man. Fair play. Thank, thank you guys for, for chiming in with, with that. Um, like I said, I, I, unfortunately, that's all we got time for, so we're going to have to wrap it up. Um, just wanted to say uh, a big thank you to both Sam and Ishmael for coming on um, and sharing your thoughts and your views with us and our listeners. Thank you so much. You're, you're always welcome uh, to, to, to future podcasts. You're part of the, the TBG family. Um, and, and, and just once again, I want to uh, remind you listeners um, to share the, the Twitter profile uh, at podcast underscore TBG. You're going to see us popping up on a few more uh, different social media platforms as well. So watch this space. As always, we're evolving. We're improving. Mm. We're doing bigger and better things for the podcast. We're growing. We're moving in the right direction. And you guys are going to be part of it as well to share it with us, man. So that's going to be great. Uh, Keep your eyes and ears peeled. Uh, Big things coming, man. Thank you very much. And until the next time, guys. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 